0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. George's Rod and Stuff, the official podcast of the Church of St. George the Martyr in Hales River, alongside the chapelries of St. Mark and St. Monica. I am Lindsay Schutter, your host on this continued exploration of faith, and I am joined as always by the Archdeacon, Reverend Venerable Rodney Whiteman. How are you, sir?
1: Good good day, Lindsay. I'm doing all right. Very grateful for the lovely rain that has poured down. I do. We do pray for those where they've been challenged with getting wet and so forth, and we hope that disaster management has been able to assist them and sort them out. Um, Family, all alright, right. As I said to you, my daughters who work for a doctor um, had the vaccinations today, had to be up at four in order to stand in the line, but um, took them the whole day. But they now have the vaccinations, they now have the evidence that they are um, vaccinated. They even got the card now, identity mm. indicates that. But as you and I have been speaking, we hope that um, there will always be credibility in the system that could assist that everybody be given a fair share to be part of that as the government planned to roll it Trust mm. So, no. family are the same, are doing all right?
0: Yes, um, in my belly right now is the first true soup of the season. Um, It is (laughs) the seventh Sunday in Easter, and it's a cold one in the Western Cape. Uh, Father, we have a lot to get through. If you could please call us together with a collective prayer, and I will catch up with you after that.
1: Thanks, Lindsay. Good day to you all. On this, the seventh Sunday of Easter, and we've just done Ascension Day on Thursday. My sisters and brothers, hallelujah, Christ is risen. May the Lord be always with you. And so we pray the collect for the seventh Sunday of Easter, which is on your screen. We pray together, triune God. Jesus prayed that we might be one. Help us to transcend our differences and find our unity in Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Uh, Father, the first reading we're going to
0: dissect is Acts chapter 1, verses 15 to 17 and verses 21 to 26. The setup in verses 15 to 17 They are choosing someone to replace Judas among the 12. Um, My questions will follow, but I want to draw you down to verse 23. So they proposed two men, Joseph, who was called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know the thoughts of everyone. So show us which of these two you have chosen to serve as an apostle in the place of Judas, who left to go to the place where he belongs. Then they drew lots to choose between the two men. And the one chosen was Matthias, who was added to the group of 11 apostles. A lot of things going on there. Straight up judgment call. (laughs) where (laughs) They were like judas who left to go to the place where he belongs i have already vindicated judas on this very podcast you cannot blame him for doing what he did without judas there wouldn't be christianity but going (laughs) further than this (laughs) moving on from that argument father we've had that one um this whole idea of like creating an apostle and then drawing lots so they pray, and they're like, "You know the inner workings of everybody, everyone's thoughts show us the way, and then they like literally like gambling, deciding using the odds i I'm not okay with this where Where does theology stand on the creating of apostles by the apostles?
1: Now, I knew this was going to come up <laughs> and As I read it, I was thinking of how church meetings are held where the election of leaders, election of ministers are needing to be taken uh, to account. Mm -hmm. And what system do we follow? Is it prayer and voting? Is it just prayer or is it just voting? Lots, in my understanding, the word may may be utilized in such a way that it seemed to mean they were taking a gamble. Mm -hmm. But what what was the methodology of the lots? Apparently, they would divide it up into sticks Mm -hmm. that you thought was the same size. And then people drew, and the one who drew the shortest stick was the one that was chosen. But this is under prayer. Now, it's interesting because it says, Lord, you know our thoughts, and you will show us which of the two you have chosen. So this is not a choice that we make, we are just part of the process of the choosing. So how will God show them which of these two had been chosen? So does an answer fall out of heaven? Um, is there a flame of fire on one of them? What sign do we look for? Now, I remembered when we were dealing with this one day, um, the, um, somebody, somebody told us that when they had gone to an orthodox church in the, um, in the Eastern, ancient East, what is the, the Middle Eastern countries.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They then mm-hmm. discovered that when a bishop is chosen in the church, the names of the candidates are put into a, what I don't know, a holder, let's say a holder. Then a young child of seven years old comes up, possibly a girl who then draws out a name and in that process, that person whose name stands on that, uh, what's the name, is the one who is chosen to be a bishop or the next bishop or whatever it is. So are they saying that we have a system and we are trusting that God will help us to choose the one that God wants through the system of choice that we make. Now, you know, I've often been, uh, I've been in um, a couple of elective assemblies where bishops are elected and mm. archbishops are elected. And you then, you hear exactly what goes on here, verse 20, 21, 22. It says, someone must join us as a witness to the resurrection of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's what that person would plan what, What credentials does that person need to have? He must be one of the men, a male, who were in our group during the whole time that the Lord Jesus traveled about with us. Why a man? Was it because Jesus chose men at the initial times? I don't know. Beginning from the time John preached his message of baptism until the day Jesus was taken up from us. So there were people with him that were not part of the original chosen one. But in order for that person to stand a chance to be a witness, They have to come with that credentials. And there were only two that they could come up. So there was a proposal done, Joseph and Matthias. And then the prayer happened. And then the election took place by voting through lots. So apparently lots were not seen as gambling, even though the same word was used when Jesus's clothes were being gambled for in front of the cross. Mm. So I went to try and look up this, but all I could find was that was that either the system, it wasn't in this context, it wasn't seen as gambling. It, and were, I think another methodology was stones that were used. Mm. So is context everything? I believe so,
0: because the only thing that I can see here. That's, so I have this saying, right, in, in, my, in my professional life um, when I'm dealing with uh, b- business associates, is it's not stealing if your heart is pure. So, like, if you are trying to do the right thing for the most number of people, like, it's not stealing if you are profiting off of that, if you found a way to profit off of that. That, that's what I mean when, when I say that. So the Robin
1: Hood effect, is that what you're talking about?
0: No, <laughs> it's a little bit more shady than that. It's not taking from the rich. Well, kind of is. Sometimes you are taking from a, a, another client. Um, but you are taking what it is worth, and you can rest assured that for your innovation, you should be rewarded. Um, so so the world is... is... Pure.
1: So the world, the world is competitive, and into the context of com- competition, your statement then is valid.
0: Yes, in my mind, this is just the way my weird little mind works. Um, so yeah, you have a situation, to my mind, where it's okay, because like God before this has never had an issue <laughs> with like coming down and ordaining somebody. Like, he's not had an issue with it. Like, skies have opened, pillars of fire, um, like doves, all these things have happened. He has spoken. Um, he, I'm just characterizing him like that. I don't, I, I do not want to the God really. Uh, either way. Um, so now they're like, okay, cool, we're going to pray. And then, but my question is, Like, Jesus didn't select those people. Like, the only witnesses that were with it throughout, which we'll actually address in the gospel as well, is the 11 who are left. He didn't, like, tell them in the four chapters (laughs) that is devoted in John to everything he said at the Last Supper. He did not tell them you need to choose another person. He was like, you are my chosen. So
1: okay. they so, weren't
0: really justified in, 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 in creating another apostle in my so mind. So,
1: when your son has learned to do something in a particular way from foundation level that you taught him, mm-hmm. and he sees that for you until a particular time, 12 worked out just fine, mm-hmm. but someone something someone has fallen away is he now going to be happy and say sure my dad won't mind 11 will go or did they work on the model that jesus choosing 12 was the number that they ought to be working with because there's a sense of home wholeness to that whereas why would jesus to choose 12 we only afterwards have learned that it, it can be interpreted as, as the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, and so, representatively, so does that mean that they went on the need to have a complete community of people taking responsibility to be witnesses to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and to continue that witness? So, does it mean that your son will now say, Daddy worked with 12, I can make it with 11. Will he not continue using that method that you've used? And as his experience grows, he then becomes aware that maybe 12, I can do with 11. But that will be as based on his experience, given what he's learned from you. So is Jesus saying, therefore, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit? And I think, In the prayer, that probably comes up. Um, Lord, you know the thoughts of everyone. Now, it obviously was that not everyone thought Joseph should be it and not everybody thought Matthias should be it.
2: Mm.
1: But they were not revealing that. All they were saying is that you know the thoughts of everyone. You know that we could be divided on this issue. You know that we could be on the same mind of this issue. You know how, what it's all about. It's difficult for us to choose, so we look to you through prayer to guide us to making a decision that you will choose. So what method are we going to use, Lord? We've prayed. We believe that someone, because look, it, it, it says, so then someone must join us. Why was there that must join us as part of this? I only can assume it's built on the fact that Jesus chose, chose 12 people, whether they had in their mind that it was connected to the 12 tribes of Israel, I can't say at this level. All I can say is there's a model that they then continued to, to work with. And, and, and when, they, when they did this, they were saying, so how are we going to do this? Because we need a full complement of twelve witnesses of the to the resurrection of our Lord. That's how we understand Jesus working, and so through prayer. But now, what do you learn about prayer? Does the answers just fall out of heaven, or is there something that we need to do in order to bring about um, a change? Up, I, I find I find elect- elections very interesting, and it's about power play, mm. you know. Um, I remembered um, being in, a, in an elective assembly for an archbishop. Can you imagine sitting in auditoriums where you, little old you, that less than a drop in the bucket, are writing on a piece of paper to determine what person you understand, given prayer, worship, uh, sermons that go before it, and then the CV of the candidate, and then Those that speak in favor of the candidate, those that speak against the candidate, right? And now you sitting with this challenge after all of that, and and even before the election takes place, the presider of the meeting says, let us spend a few moments in silence so that the Holy Spirit can speak to all of us, right? Mm. So now, when I put my mark on the piece of paper... Am I being obedient to the Holy Spirit, or is my thoughts my thoughts that the Spirit respects? And when the, the election is result is given, then we will say uh, what the same uh, um, document of Acts says later on in chapter fifteen. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. That such and such a thing must be said. So in this incident, I had written down. None. I don't agree with any of the candidates that are there. And one day very soon after this this guy gets me in a queue where we, we had a meeting and then says, your fault that we took, took so long to elect the auspicious mm. we have. I said, my fault. Number one, the ballot was secret. You didn't know what I wrote down. And secondly, um, even if I chose something different to yours, but that's what the ballot asks me to do, to choose under God how I feel about this process. And so is is there a new method now where Jesus calls in the context of the church, The calling process is still there, but what methodology do we use under the Holy Spirit now who guides the church into all truth? Mm. Well, I must say it almost ended up in a fight with me because I was very, very insulted. Mm. You know, Mm. I I challenged the thought I said today we say Holy Spirit leaders and tomorrow we criticize one another if our thoughts were different.
0: Indeed that's why I said and I, I didn't actually make the connection where I was like this idea of like we're going to pray about it and then do the thing it doesn't take away the randomness of the of the result you know like the the selection process it's still not direct from Jesus from yeah. the lord who they were asking so like i don't believe They should have
1: done it in the first place. Um, But is this one way in which God says, I'm taking risks with my people? Wow. (laughs) And how, how will I teach them how to discern my will? They don't have physical Jesus with them. Can they go? And since he's, he will tell us in the gospel reading today through the prayer, Father, as, I have, as you have sent me, so I'm sending them. How often did Jesus have to sit and pray? Remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed. And we all know from the text, we don't hear God saying, drink the cup or don't drink the cup. All we hear is silence. Hmm. The very, the very first, one of the very first words, I think the very first word on the cross was, Father, forgive them. But then he says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Hmm. So what was that honesty at the cross? Who was God abandoning at that stage on the cross? How do we interpret that? Why would he say that to God when he prayed to God to ask for direction in his ministries? Which was a teaching. Jesus teaches us how to pray like you pray. And Jesus says, when you pray, then the Lord's prayer became a reality for us. It's the guiding model of prayer for Mm -hmm. all of us. So where in all of this are we meant to be people who think, Lord, you know the thoughts of everyone. So is the church meant to be people who don't think, who don't discern, who don't have a sense from their heart in order to come to the place where decisions have to be made and choices have to be uh, ratified?
0: I think my <laughs> point is that we need to take more responsibility for those choices when we are actually making them. We can't handle because because it's, it's literally like making it God's problem. You know, it's like, Lord, you know how this must all play out. Show us. And then they choose somebody. And then if that person ends up to be not great, and then they're like, well, the Lord has tested us in this way. And it's like, no, you made a crap decision because you didn't use proper tools. You didn't use a proper evaluation method. You drew lots. You gambled on this decision.
1: I think generally speaking, any election is a gamble,
2: mm.
1: in that, and I would not use the word gamble, I would say the risk you take. I've been part of a process of 16 years where I um, led the process of discernment of vocations to priesthood, mm. to, ordinate, to ordain the ministry. And I, and I sit back now after the fact and I say, what did I actually do? And was I on par with that person? Why did I, you know, uh, why did I find it difficult to see the call in some people later on after they were ordained and, mm-hmm. and, and not when they were in the process of discernment? And, and what happened that I can't put them together as saying they're not really behaving as one was called. Mm. Now, is it possible that we could hide from that? You know, can we hide from God as God? Well, Judas was one of the 12. He slipped through the cracks. Did he? Who was that part of the whole process? As every one of us are given a chance, we make decisions out of our experiences and, and what he's offered to us in life. I'm not gonna blame Judas for for all of us are like Judas. Leave Judas out of this. We have vindicated to man. I I need (laughs) Judas because I need to own up to my Judas. If I don't own up to my Judas, I can't go on. They owned up to their Judas without judging him. They
0: judged him. They
1: judged the No, they hated him.
0: They were like, he's gone to the place where he must go.
1: <laughs> like, where where do is that? you read that? Where do you read that?
0: Yeah, verse 25. To serve as an apostle in the place of Judas who left to go to the place
1: where he belongs. Like, that is where, where savage. You, it's verse 25. Verse 25. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. So he's the devil himself.
0: Yes, that was a straight up. So like, Given all of that, like, I, I don't think, like, they should have done this. I think this is um, the most human kind of account in the Acts of the Apostles. And, like, I, I, I make no bones about the fact where it's like I try and strip away the sanctity of the characters in these stories and show them for what they are. And, like... I have children. I don't. I'm not one of those parents who will be like, oh no, they're just that type of child. It's like you raised the child,
1: you know? <laughs> like okay, what take responsibility putting... for it. Yeah, take some <laughs> responsibility. So. Yeah, um, but I, what I find interesting, and I think this is still the jury still out, who left to go to the place where we belong. This was part of their prayer, by the way. Yes. My question would be, I, I can't even say in my prayer that the person who rapes a young girl must go to the place where he belongs, and that is hell, because mm. uh, he gave the victim hell and, mm. and more. And she has to live with that for the rest of her life. But is it my call to say, Lord, let the rapist go to hell. Is that what scripture teaches me? Um, Or is that maybe their way of expressing their anger towards him in prayer? Mm. Now, we don't hear any. Anything saying, well, you shouldn't pray like that. That's how they prayed. And Luke records it as they prayed. Mm. And I think that's another part of the Bible narratives, which I enjoy and appreciate, that they don't try and spiritualize and make the disciples seem good. Mm. And the apostles seem good. I think they recognize there's a human side to it as well. So I won't see in this, you know, they are making the condemnation as if they they will be right at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, judgment belongs to God. Justice Mm -hmm. belongs to God. Um, As much as we condemn one another, which is what we do, you know... At the end of the day, whatever choices we make, we have to be given. We have to give account. We've got to come and, you know, we are accountable for the life we are given. And so here also, Lord, you know the thoughts of everyone. Did that prayer say, you know, we we recognize that each of us think differently about Mm -hmm. this process. Mm -hmm. But we can't run away from it. We can't avoid it. Um and in and, and another thing, serve as an apostle in the place of Judah. So that indicates that place needed to be filled. And it was recognized in the prayer, in the place of Judas. It was Judas's place. Hmm. They acknowledge that.
0: I don't know. I think we will <laughs> agree to disagree on this point. I am still <laughs> Lord knows the
1: thoughts of everyone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then you like just judge your homie, your former homie, and then still consider that what you are doing is the Lord's will. You're right. Good luck with that. Anyway, (laughs) moving on to the gospel, which is according to John chapter 17, verses 6 to 19. This is the last of the four chapters where Jesus Kind of imparts his final words to um, the twelve uh, before his his death, and I am going to bring you to verse fourteen, which is, "I have given them your word, and the word has hated, and the world has hated them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world." I am not asking that you take them out of the world but I ask that you protect him from the evil one. That was verse 15, 14 and 15. This is Jesus' prayer to the Father. It's a long, rambling piece of... I I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it, this whole thing, this whole prayer is, is very, very strange, and it twists and turns, and it's hard to, to make sense of. But I think... I'm going to use this opportunity to, to bring up a, a very dire situation right now where if Jesus was the fulfillment of, of the word and, you know, the rebuilding of the temple, the symbolic rebuilding of the temple. Ascended into heaven on Thursday was Ascension Day. No Jesus, but there's a group of people who are supporting some horrific, acts that are happening in Israel right now um, because it will hasten the apocalypse. Where do you stand on the preservation of Israel and the second coming of Jesus?
1: (laughs) Millennialism. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the, the people out of scripture, um this is the, the, the this is the fundamental problem because people use scripture as the 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 authority the question is what is scripture now in um in the acts of the apostles it says the scripture had come through said peter
2: mm.
1: and this scripture was spoken by the Holy Spirit through David about Judas um, that was coming. Whether David gave the name Judas, I don't think so, but one that would betray Jesus, perhaps that was there. Mm. In the 12th Mm. verse of of chapter 17 of John, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now, what was the scripture all about how, how do we understand the word the scripture um, access the holy spirit spoke through david it's understanding that scripture is written under the inspiration um, by a human author hmm. now let's you're a man of words and you're a man of opinion. You, you work from a scriptural context. Mm. Your journalistic background would have given you the history of journalism, the role it plays in society, what methodologies are to be utilized to gain information that's credible enough to report about or to opinionate about Mm. in order to give readers perspective a perspective of a happening or an ideology that is being put out there so does scripture contain through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the human writer, the mind
3: of God.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and in relation to what is going on in the world and how God presents God's self in that situation. Um. What was it that David taught David to be able to pray Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why why was that his thesis of faith? And it has become the thesis of our faith, even in current times. So we need to make up our minds about this now in the anglican prayer book it has in the in the in the in the, in the teachings of this of the, the the catechism it says that and it and we are asked as priests on an annual basis when we renew our vows do you believe that scripture contains the word of god now there's another mindset that says Scripture is the inerrant word of God, Mm. which means that everything Mm. written, full stop, comma, and everything, that's how God wanted it to be written. Then people talk about, um, let me just take you to a word here quickly. In Acts, this version of Acts that I gave you is the Good News Bible. In verse 16, Mm -hmm. it says, made a prediction. Now, does the Holy Spirit predict? And when I went up to look, the synonyms of prediction, it says it was a guess. When I went to the original text, the word is actually fulfilled, which is what is in the gospel reading, the, the, the new revised standard version. Now. Just see how quickly, if if I'm just using the Good News Bible as my text of authority, then I would have to justify the word of
3: prediction there.
1: Does the Holy Spirit predict or does the Holy Spirit inspire? So I would need to understand that. So I think the confusion lies in what we understand Scripture is, and therefore, when we understand it in such a way, for me, when it says it contains the word of God, Jesus repeated, used in his temptation the words from the Old Testament Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, what was that word that proceeds from the mouth of God? Now, go back to Genesis, you see, God said, Let there be light. He said, and light happened. In, John, in the Gospel of John, Jesus is the word that was, was with God. So in, in, God is seen as this great original communicator. Mm-hmm. But he also yeah. knows that we're not on the same page with him. How are, are, how are we meant to understand when he speaks? And how are we meant to interpret what he speaks? So what is this word that proceeds from God's mind? Now, one author says, when you're reading the scriptural text and something comes out for you. Now, again, one must, be, because you and I are reading this text. We, you made a statement when we went from Acts to John um, that um, we, will, we, will, we will stand on two different sides in the way we interpret this. We agree to differ. That's what, what you said. But we're the same text. I'm understanding or interpreting it from a different perspective than what you are. What has influenced the way I think of scripture and what has influenced the way you think of scripture? So, so there is, a, there is a, an, an American right-wing the, um, group who propagates as they read scripture that when war breaks out in, with Israel that is the battle of Armageddon
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the Armageddon means it's now the time when Jesus comes back to earth even though Jesus said to us when was asked in the very acts of the apostles he said it's not you you I can't tell you when God will come back again, when I'm going to come back again. That's up to God. The point is, you must get on with doing the witnessing for me. Focus on that. I, I, neither, neither, neither the son knows the time. So why are people so obsessed with this God coming and through a war that happens around Israel? What is the obsession with Israel? Uh, to, the, to the extent that some of us are supposed to be Judeo-Christian Christian, Christian, and therefore, if Israel shoots a bomb of today, we must suddenly agree with that.
2: Mm.
1: No, I, I don't agree with that. I can't justify that behavior because I, I try to understand, now who shot the first bullet now? Was it, was it Hamas that did it? Because when you read the stories on both sides, innocent people die.
2: Mm.
1: President Natyanao Nati- can say to his blue in his face, we're protecting our citizens. while you haven't. Some of your citizens die as a result of your shooting first or retaliation. Take your word in the first part of our conversation. Take responsibility. Now, when you say Israel is wrong, we must support the fact that Palestine must become a nation on their own, this was the United Nations who said long ago, Israel mm-hmm. refused to believe that. There's a fight over that land.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And somebody argued the other day, it doesn't go back to the Old Testament.
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't.
1: You see? And he gave a historical perspective of how um, Europe and England had ordered a hand in Bringing the Jews back there now—is it the Christian mind that said Israel is for the—I mean, uh, Jer- uh, Jerusalem and the Middle Eastern areas. Jerusalem is for the Jews. So those scattered in the, the diaspora needs to come back and take over the land. Why? Because biblically speaking, that land belongs to Israel. And we know from our history, colonialists have divided blends up the way they did that are now where people are still fighting one another, brothers and sisters fighting each other. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and so when we speak and say Israel is wrong, then they this mind comes up from America that says, hold it. You cannot replace Israel. What is Jesus saying about the new Israel? Did he not die at the hands of the old Israel who could not hear him say, the axe is laid to the root of the tree, according to the Matthian theology? Mm. So these people are reading into this, we must guard Israel with all our might. We must not, we must supply. I mean, I wondered how it is that Hamas's weapons are now being able to come and fall in Israel, even though they have those iron drones? Who supplies the weapons? Who is deciding, you know, it's been pretty quiet between Israel and, and, and Palestine. Let me do something that creates a war again. Is the people on Hamas' side, is the influence is there? How did they get, I mean, how, how many bombs in, 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 in a second or whatever it was? Mm. it's it's incredible to think that people have gone to war. So I don't believe uh, I mean when they're using the same word you and I lived under our parents and grandparents lived under Mm. and our forefathers (coughs) 300 years. How can I justify apartheid in another context? Mm. And I do know that people are purposely being put into the Gaza Strip Israel in order to provoke Palestine. Mm-hmm. Their presence there is a provocation. Now, a people who have been land, whose land has been taken off in this historical, what's its name? Who, who says they're not supposed to fight for their land? Mm-hmm. Sadly, it will come at a loss. My question would be is, what, are the ch- what is the church supposed to say? When another part of the so-called church is saying, no, 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 there must be a war, because that's the way that Armageddon will happen, because it's around Israel, and then Jesus will come back again. So, in other words, you Christians that are saying we shouldn't speak, we, we, you, you Christians say we, we should criticize Israel and tell them to start making Palestine, uh, giving Palestine the right to rule themselves, that we are now going against what God's plans are, because... There must be a war called Armageddon, and Israel is going to be on the forefront of that war. That's the interpretation that they received. How? I don't know. It's all in My revelation. <laughs> yeah, it's all revelations. So I do have problems with, with that. I mean, Jesus ministered across cultural lines.
2: Mm.
1: Is that why? Jews don't want to accept
2: him?
0: I don't know. And but that's he... why I, I highlighted these specific things. Um, because to me, the speaking of like, they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. It's like the world cannot act in Jesus' name or in the Lord's name
3: while doing
0: these sorts of things while taking ownership because this is about i mean this this conflict is about ownership where they uh, the zionists are pushing planting families pushing families further and further into what is mandated by international law Palestinian territory a Palestinian free nation in East Jerusalem, because they want to have ownership of their culturally, um, their cultural sites, and like yeah. the, this is the thing. And then you start raiding now after the war. Um, obviously, that whole section was kind of annexed by Israel, and then the the Palestinians there weren't given citizen status at all so now it's like not only are you now trapped in a situation that you didn't ask for that you were trying to fight for the land that you grew up in that you raised your family in and now these people are coming in and they still buying up more property and pushing further and further in and you getting more and more disenfranchised and then i, I think what broke me was the vandalism of of the Masjid al-Aqsa. It was to see the Israeli flags Mm. being waved and people cheering as a part of the site was being burnt down. Mm. I Mm. cannot at all, (laughs) I, I cannot even fathom How humans can act that way.
1: That's why this prayer is so important. Go to verse 13.
2: Mm.
1: But now I'm coming to you. And I speak these things in the world. Why am I speaking them in the world? So that they may have my joy, may complete in themselves. Then he says later on, I'm not taking them out of the world. But they do not belong to the world. How do they not belong to the world? The mindset. In in this case, for example, planting people deliberately in the space you know is not historically yours. But because you have power, you do this. Would that be the mindset Jesus is playing when he's saying... He's praying for unity. So the way that the world thinks about things, the way that worldly powers think about things, this is not the way that they ought to be thinking about things. So sanctify them in the truth. Your word is to So what is the truth of that context you're speaking about now? Do we go for truth based on history, on theology, on biblical history? on UN history, on colonial history. What is the truth Jesus is talking about? them? because what was the reason he was sent into the world for? And what is the reason he's sending them into the world for? He's sending them into the world to proclaim. If we go back to to Acts Acts chapter one, the Ascension Day story, um, and an appearance story, which we dealt with, that that, um, Repentance and forgiveness of sins be proclaimed in my name to all nations, starting in Jerusalem. Starting in your hometown. Why was Jesus pointing first there? On Thursday, I did recall that thing we learned at school. Charity begins at home.
2: Mm.
1: And in the context we're talking about now, there is no charity. Because brothers and sisters are fighting against brothers and sisters. For what purpose? And how do those who follow Jesus help bring truth into that situation in order for unity to begin to happen? So that peace can be the order of the day. I was broken when I heard this one Palestinian woman Um, saying bombs were falling. We couldn't run out of our house, but the children were at school. Mm. And then there was an opportunity for us to go to the school. And when we got to the school, the the children were screaming. You've raised how many generations
2: Mm.
1: of angry, traumatized children on both sides, based on what truth? Now, America fuels the fire, because it says Armageddon must happen. We will force Jesus to come, even if He doesn't want to come at out, because He doesn't want to come at our time. So let the wars begin. Let Israel be supported, because Armageddon can happen, and Jesus will come again. Can you can you understand now why? Even after this inerrancy and the, uh, of the of the scriptures and this whole basis on on, on 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 Israel as the favorite, that cannot be 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 be, be spoken at, cannot be challenged. When Jesus said the axis related to the roots of the tree, and and then you find that, see, um, Messianic Christianity has now risen its head. That this Messianic Christians with Bibles that are called Messianic Christian Bibles are now saying we cannot be Christians unless we take on our Jewish history. Do you see how fundamentalistically they've made it now? Even when, even when Paul them argued in, in Acts 15, you, don't have, you, you don't, can't make Gentiles Jews in order to make them Christians. If the mm. Holy Spirit came upon them when we you remember we spoke about that not so yeah. long ago. So so what has what has made messianic Christianity now become uh, an, an ending? I, I heard a story of a dominie who went over to Israel and suddenly came back, broke away from the ancient church in Fisher, and went and wrote a whole thing about the need for us to now maintain our Christian our, our, our Jewish roots. Mm. We have got our Jewish roots. The way we worship is based on how they worship. Mm. But there are things that no longer needs to be done, Mm -hmm. such as circumcision, for example. So I think that this powerful right-winged Americanism has propagated itself so well. They are powerful. They are Mm. rich. They are running America, even if Biden is in charge. And, and I don't think we know of all the hidden stuff from which these guys premise what is happening in, in, in certain parts of the world. Mm. Um, condemnation goes to India now, apparently, because though they make the viruses, their people are dying like flies. Mm. Why? For who were they making the, the vaccines for? for those with power and money made for tippins and sold for billions and the very manufacturers of it have people dying like flies so their government is to be blamed now there's something else going on here so why is this high priest priestly play of jesus So important. What? Why is Jesus saying things like, I'm not taking you out of the world? Because I ask you to protect them from the world. So what is my purpose for keeping them there? Well, like you sent me into the world, so I'm sending them. This is part of the redemptive act. The Mm -hmm. message must get out. We must have powerful and credible witnesses of your truth, God. Let them be sanctified, consecrated in your truth. But then again, so many people hijack what they think is truth from scripture.
2: Mm.
1: There's a guy that preaches and he's, he's, everything he says indicates that he's got it right and the rest of us got it wrong. Mm. And he said the other day, I'm not afraid of you world leaders. I'm saying to myself, now I understand this is about an ego trip. And all you use to bring your ego trip to the fore is you brand it under the name of Jesus. But it actually has nothing to do with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I have serious (laughs) problems with Israel, my brother. I have serious problems with Israel.
0: (laughs) As you have articulated. (laughs) Um yeah, I mean it, it, I, I, I I like to make, make light of situations, but but this is really it, it's atrocious what's what's happening there. Um they they took down the like media headquarters today in Gaza. Um air like that wasn't just like rockets being fired off from territories that was like planes flying and delivering bombs to like bring down an entire just to black out the, the media coming out of of, of Gaza, that are telling but that's strategic, the
1: story. isn't it? Eh? Yeah, it's strategic, and and so a voice to support the people that have has died um, because they bombed. But I, you know what I what and I I saw one of the hotels going down, and and what I what I thought of um, were very very interestingly how when you look at certain captions of what is happening in a particular area. Mm. It's strategically shown you what people want you to see. Mm. So here is Israel beating the hell out of, out of Hamas, not the Palestinians. They, mm. they're, doing, mm. they're doing Hamas. That's what they, they're saying. Yeah. And they yeah. strategically only bombed Hamas' um, areas of, of, of occupation, but not the Palestinian people. That's strategic. Then, um, but then something sort of touched my, my heart, I suppose even my soul, when out of, the, out of the South American South, a group of people are standing in front of their government office in Argentina, playing mm-hmm. drums, speaking of the mic singing, their support
3: for Palestine. I thought, you know, what
1: difference is that going to make? And yet I believe it will make a difference. Those in power may not want to hear, they want to shoot their guns, but I think it will give hope to the voiceless and the the unarmed and the powerless to be able to say, you know, okay, it's possible we may even die but we die knowing somebody across the globe is thinking about us, mm. is speaking mm. for us. Our story will not go dead. Even though we may not be on the earth anymore, our story will not die mm.
2: because mm. it's alive
1: in other people.
0: Yeah, the
3: only, uh, the only
0: thing I can add is um, there's this thing about This is a war between two nations. um, And it's like, so please tell me what color the Palestinian army uniform is. Um, And on that, uh, Father, if you can please extract a few brief other points of reflection in the praise of the church.
1: Certainly. No doubt um, coming to that part, part of our reflection on scripture. We pray for the Palestinian And Israel context. Those that have died. Particularly those who are not even. In the military. On either side. The unarmed. The powerless. The voiceless. We hear the screams of children. Even as we pray. We hear the voices of judgment those on the side of Israel, those because Palestine are more Muslim than Christian are being denigrated,
3: judged, as if you've made the judgment, Lord,
1: sent to hell as those who rejoiced when their building of faith
3: was destroyed. No wonder, Lord, you prayed for your disciples when you said to the Father, they do not belong to this world.
1: Even though they are in it, I don't want you to take them out of it, but I want you to protect them. Why? Because as you sent me, so now I send you. Lord, teach your church How you were sent by the Father in order for us to know how you sent us, even to places like Israel and Palestine. Teach us how to
3: speak truth in which you call us to be sanctified in a place where lies are propagated, lies around Israel. we pray lord that
1: every voice of peace every voice of truth needs to be heard in that context every voice of justice
3: so we pray for your help we thank you lord for the outroll of the vaccine combating covid
1: And we do pray, Lord, that all of us may see the necessity as our civic responsibility, as our love for each other in your name to partake of the vaccine when our turn comes.
3: Lord, we also heard today
1: that across our provinces, There are many reported rapes. We do know of many, if perhaps not more, unreported rapes. And the narrative tells us, Lord, that the majority of the perpetrators, over 80%, are people known to the victims. Lord, this premeditated violence, this gender-based violence, done by those known, to the victim please hear the prayers when
3: we say deliver us from this evil as we pray it in the name of Jesus
1: our Lord, Amen and then in conclusion as you and I enter into this new week as we prepare to Be engaged by the world of politics, of economics, of social dynamics, of industry. As we show in our living that our lives intersect with each other. Let, Let us go now, for Christ sends us into the world. Just as he himself was sent into the world. Delight in the Lord's teaching. And testify to his resurrection life. And share in the ministry of all God's people. And the blessing of God Almighty. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Be amongst us and remain with us. Always. Amen go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in and thanks to Lindsay for leading us in this uh, podcast. Such a necessary um, place of reflection
3: and prayer.